Welcome to the Sports Squire Podcast, a platform engineered specifically for you to deliver content relative to the fields of training, performance, and rehabilitation. Challenge the status quo and raise your game through changing your mindset and your action. As you embark on your journey as a sports squire, subscribe to the show to get real-time updates to new episodes. Don't miss an opportunity to apply what you've learned today. Explore, engage, learn, implement, benefit. This is the way of the Sports Squire. Welcome to Sports Squire Radio. I'm your host, Brad Howell. I'm a former collegiate athlete, exercise enthusiast, and physical therapist in the realm of orthopedics and sports rehab over the last decade. Episode 41 Learn how to breathe better and reap big benefits through diaphragmatic breathing. Today's episode is specifically around how to train your lower abdominal muscles, which is known as your diaphragm, to help you benefit from the many positive effects that can happen through increasing your oxygen intake and using proper sequencing when inhaling and exhaling. As a long time as a physical therapist, a lot of us that are in the realm spend a lot of time around education with breathing patterns, and and rightfully so. Posture and breathing really go hand in hand. And and one of the big things that I want to get across today in this quick segment is just giving some some oversight into how posture can influence your breathing patterns, how uh, you know certain shallow type breathing patterns can cause uh, certain dysfunctions posturally and cause different pains. Um, and then also the benefits of diaphragmatic breathing, how you actually can go through some of these steps, uh, learn sequence step by step, how to use more of that belly breathing type of, of sequence. Um, also teaching you more about rib stretching exercises. Uh, we all have these intercostal intercostal muscles that are in between our ribs that help us to inspire and help our ribs to to kind of form what we call a bucket handle. If you're seeing a bucket handle open up, uh, it allows your ribs to expand out to. Uh, essentially mobilize and and there's some huge postural connections that wrap because of the uh, the anatomy of the ribs that go back to your thoracic spine as well. Um, but where I want to start off with today is is just talking about the benefits of diaphragmatic breathing and you know why you would want to start thinking about how you can breathe differently. Number one, it helps you relax, lowering the harmful effects of the stress hormone cortisol on your body. We've talked about cortisol in previous episodes. It's the stress hormone that can cause a ton of negative uh, effects in your body, you know, in in several different organs. And uh, essentially, exercise and, and proper breathing has shown to combat those effects of cortisol. Lowers your heart rate, helps lower your blood pressure. It helps you cope with symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, improves your core stability, improves your ability, body's ability to tolerate intense exercise, lowers your chances of injuring or wearing out your muscles, and it slows your rate of breathing so that you expend less energy. So a lot of things down there, those are all researched back bullet points that show the, the effects of diaphragmatic breathing. The, the biggest one that we've all probably heard of is, is the one on stress reduction. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've educated on several years clinically it, when having individuals come in and, and talking to them about stress is, um, number one, a lot of individuals that are out there that carry stress in their neck, 
that's not just something that, you know, uh, is individually based. You know, it's a very physiologically driven process that happens when individuals are anxious or stressed. We tend to change our breathing patterns. And and what I want to kind of paint a picture for you all, imagine trying to breathe in and out through a straw. And and imagine the muscles in your neck that are just uh, constantly firing and that have increased tone that are trying to, to get air in and out, that can increase the tension in those upper cervical muscles. It can create tension in the upper back, um, and it can cause a lot of different type of what we call cervicogenic headaches, tension headaches, um, and just literally kind of throw off your entire upper neck region and cause some postural dysfunction just because of how we're shallow breathing. Um, you know, so that the big thing that I want you to think about is that when you get stressed, you tend to shallow breathe a little bit more. Um, your your kind of fight or flight uh, mechanisms tend to kick in, so we we tend to shut off our diaphragm and and not belly breathe and take deep breaths. Um, you know, and and the the terms that we use is when you think about diaphragmatic breathing, you want to think about essentially smelling the roses and blowing out the candle. So if you, if you just stop and pause and think about that for a second, I want you to take a deep breath. So let's breathe in through our nose and then out through your mouth. That essentially is a diaphragmatic breath. And what you should notice is that the belly and the chest are kind of rising um, in synchronous fashion. And, um, you know, what happens when we're stressed, though, is we tend to use what we call these secondary accessory muscles in our neck. So there's three different types of scaling muscles. There's your anterior, middle, and posterior scaling muscles that are accessory muscles for breathing. We have your your big SEM muscle. So for a lot of you uh, that, that see this big bulky uh, muscle on the side of your neck that kind of runs up behind your ear, that's called your sternocleidomastoid muscle, which is a kind of an, an overridden muscle that tends to uh, over activate whenever we have poor posture, when we have poor breathing patterns. So um, essentially, th- there's what I want to, for all of you to know is, is obviously that there's benefits to breathing diaphragmatically through your belly, through your lower abdominals. But I, what I want you to most importantly realize is how shallow breathing um, can, ex- how they can basically have disadvantages, how it can provide negative uh, scenarios for you uh, just through shallow breathing. So a couple things that I want to bullet point here. Shallow breathing, the obvious of it all, it deprives all of our cells in your body of optimal levels of oxygen. So think about that. You know, you're um, by taking shallow breaths, you're not able to get as much oxygen into your body, which means that that oxygen is not traveling to uh, the different, you know, far off parts of your body to oxygenate throughout the entire system, right? Um, So with those deprived levels of oxygen to your bloodstream, you'll not be able to think logically, um, which is not a good thing. Now, if you're shallow breathing as well, that also means that you're having a hard time ridding your body of carbon dioxide, um, which can also lead to confusion and disorientation, which is not a good thing. Um, So some of you out there may have experienced a panic attack before, um, you may know others that have experienced panic attacks, and this essentially can uh, be a result of that is, you know, not getting enough oxygen and then also not having the ability to rid your body of carbon dioxide, which can lead to 
um, you know, rapid breathing and confusion and disorientation and uh, a lot of other things that are, are negative in your body. Um, one of the other things too, you know, during this, this COVID time, I think this is extremely important for all of us to know. I mean, uh, anytime you talk about upper respiratory infections, um, you know, pneumonia is always a, uh, a, a common, uh, you know, fear that you, you want to try to avoid and combat. And for years, they've known that shallow breathing uh, can cause an increase in mucus levels in the chest and in some cases uh, can prolong or may cause pneumonia. And um, the, the big thing for that is that you're not using the, uh, the air to fill in and to, to expel out of those lower lobes. You're using more of your upper chest, uh, which can become problematic in regards to how the, the air is coming in and out. The biggest thing, though, you know, I think from a musculoskeletal standpoint, so for a lot of you out there, um, you know, when you breathe from your upper chest rather than breathing from your lower abdominal area, which is essentially your your diaphragm, you can develop pain in your back, your neck, shoulder muscles, um, which can cause neck tension, back issues, headaches, and even migraines. So, you know, one of the biggest things that, that we do clinically when educating uh, individuals that are having tension headaches, skull-based headaches, uh, have some sort of postural dysfunction, it can be a vicious cycle. And sometimes what we tend to latch on to is the pain, which can create a level of anxiety and stress, which then can create this shallow breathing process, which forces you to, to path, pathologically, physiologically use more of your secondary accessory muscles, which then are going to heighten into that cycle and increase the tone in your in your neck. So one of the first things I learned at the beginning of my career is, number one, don't chase pain or dysfunction. Number one, you've got to f- figure out how to educate the individual on how to breathe better. Because if you're able to use those belly muscles, naturally, you're going to inhibit those muscles that are in your neck. And they're not exactly sure how this works, but you know the phrenic nerve is C345. So we always say C345, keep the diaphragm alive. So you think about where C3, C4, C5 is, it's essentially uh, right in the middle of your neck. There's seven cervical vertebrae, there's nerves that come off the spinal cord that, um, you know, branch out and the phrenic nerve is one of those. So the big thing is, is when you think about shallow breathing, again, I say you're heightening those muscles that are in that region I just talked about. But if the phrenic nerve is alive and well and it's getting the diaphragm to go, it's more than likely inhibiting the tone that's in the neck so you're not having as much tension. Um, And also you're getting more oxygen to other areas, which is going to only help uh, enrich, you know, the the ability for those muscles to work a little bit better. One of the things I want to do to to allow you guys, and whether you're driving in your cars, you're sitting, listening to this while you're working, uh, while you're working out. I want you to slouch right now. Just slouch forward, whether you're standing, whether you're sitting. I want you to just let your shoulders come forward. And I want you to take the biggest breath through your nose that you can possibly take and then just breathe out. So do that for me right now. And then what I want you to do is I want you to stand up or sit up nice and tall. Get your chest high. And I want you to take a deep breath with your chest high. And then I want you to exhale And I want you to feel the difference of how your posture can affect how you breathe. And that is extremely important. 
And, uh, you know, one of the things that we spend a ton of time with is improving posture. Some of you may have had posture issues that have been going on for years, and you may need to seek professional help to help, you know, loosen up some of those closers of uh, that thoracic outlet area that may be closing down on the upper parts of your chest. That may be, uh, you know, some learned sequence uh, tightness that's happening because you've been breathing this way for a long time. Uh, it may not be something that's, that's very normal for you. And so stretches and, and working with a, a formal physical therapist may be something that, that is highly beneficial, allows you, allow you to get quicker results at a faster speed. Uh, but essentially, you know, I say all of this because postural uh, control, postural neutrality that we talk about a lot, you know, is basically essentially allowing your spine to be straight when we're stable and functional so that that lung, the lungs can expand. So... The thing I want you to realize more than anything is that slouching forward, closing up, uh, it, you know, is always going to be bad for your ability for your ribs to uh, inhale, expand. It's always going to be easier when your posture and your, your chest is high. So simple, easy tip that you can work on. Now, a lot of you are probably saying, okay, great. Like, how do I actually implement this into my everyday? And this is where I think the easiest part of just kind of going through this. As long as you understand you've got to have that that chest high posture when you're working on diaphragmatic breathing, that's check the box one. Um, just to, I, I'm not trying to oversimplify it, but I want you all just to, to realize the importance of that posture and the importance of getting, getting up and being able to breathe in, you know, fresh air from those lower abdominals. But the, the breathing basics essentially, you know, we, we can teach this in several different ways. I think the easiest way to teach this is wherever you're at. Um, you know, obviously, if you lay on your back, if your knees are up, you're going to slack up some of those muscles. So it's going to be a little bit easier to kind of work on expanding your rib cage and getting more air and contraction of your diaphragm. But you can do this in sitting as well. You can do it in standing as well. So I don't want to limit your ability to start implementing this now. Um, so basically... The, the biggest thing is you want to relax your shoulders, put your hand on your chest and on your stomach. You want to breathe in through your nose for about two seconds. You should experience the air moving through your nostrils into your abdomen, making your stomach expand. During this type of breathing, make sure your stomach is moving outward while your chest remains still. So the big thing is, as you're breathing in, you're inspiring you really want to feel your belly rise, and you don't want your chest to be rising at that at that point. You know, we talked about that shallow breathing. The upper lobes of the lungs and the chest muscles are what are overly active during shallow breathing. So we really want the chest to be as quiet as possible, and we want your belly to be rising when you're breathing in through your nose. Then after you do that, we're going to purse your lips as if you're about to drink through a straw. Freshly press gently on your stomach and exhale slowly for about two seconds. Repeat those steps, you know, obviously several times to kind of get in a rhythm with that. So that's just the basics, you know, breathing in through your nose, making sure your belly's rising out, making sure your chest is quiet, and then with pursed lips, kind of slowly drawing that air out over a two-second period. Now, moving on to the next stretch, I really, really, really enjoy rib stretch breathing. I think this is great for athletes. 
I think it's great for uh, the everyday individual that's out there because it's going to allow you to expand the mobility of your actual rib cage, which is going to allow you to increase the capacity over time of how much oxygen you can actually take in. It's a great exercise. Um, I think it's it's awesome for endurance athletes. It's awesome for sprinting athletes. Anyone that has the need of having that expansion. Like I mentioned earlier, you have these intercostal muscles that are in between each of your ribs that help to inspire. Um, and you really want to make sure that those muscles are aiding your diaphragm as you're you're working through this normal type of breathing. So with the rib stretch breathing, it's, it's very simple. Standing up straight, you're going to have just a slight arch in your back. You're going to breathe out until you just can't anymore. And uh, you're going to inhale slowly and gradually take in as much air as possible. So big thing is you're going to take a deep breath in, take as much as you possibly can until you can't breathe anymore, until you can't physically feel those rib cage and those muscles expand out anymore. And then once you get to that point, you're going to hold your breath for about 10 seconds. And then after that 10 seconds is over, you're going to breathe out slowly through your mouth. And then you're going to do that through a kind of like a pursed lips again. So you're kind of breathing, breathing slowly. And basically you want the exhale to be nice and slow so that you're you're working on just kind of controlling that breath out. You can do that for five reps, um, you know, 10 seconds. Obviously, anytime you're doing breathing exercises, you want to be mindful of, uh, you know, hyperventilating or hypoventilating and having some sort of, um, you know, reaction to that. Those are usually short term and can be turned around pretty quickly. But I really, really like this rib stretching exercise um, for any individuals out there that are interested in, number one, getting maximal oxygen uptake in. It's, it's great for all of the benefits I listed at the beginning, reducing your stress, reducing um, you know, anxiety, improving delivery of oxygen to the different corners of your body, um, but also it's stretching and, and teaching up, essentially optimal uptake. And uh, that is going to help you in any of your endurance sports um, you know, to, to be able to have uh, the ability to, to in, increase, um, you know, the, those fast twitch uh, lung muscle type, type breathings. And then the last one with numbered breathing, the big thing is you want to be able to use numbered breathing. And it's a great exercise that, you know, I like to use with individuals for helping to gain control over your breathing pattern. And, you know, it's, it's just essentially allowing you to train your brain and your lungs to know that you are in control of your breathing pattern and the rhythm and the cadence and the consistency of your breathing pattern. So you simply, all you need to do for the numbered breathing exercise is take a deep breath in, hold it for one second, blow it out for about basically double the time that you're exhaling versus you're inhaling. And then once you do that, you're going to breathe in for two seconds and then you're going to double the exhale. And then you're going to breathe in for three count, and then you're going to double, and then a four count, and then you're going to double, and then a five count, and then a six count, and then a seven count, and then eight count is typically about kind of where you want to comfortably be. Some individuals that have a little bit higher uh, oxygen capacity, VO2 max, they have an ability to kind of uh, to go longer. 
that that is completely fine. But you know, this is a great way for you to gain control over knowing cognitively uh, how to control your your breathing. And and I like this one uh, just for the sake that I think that a lot of times we feel like our breathing is out of our control. And this is a great one to kind of help you to cognitively and in the moment realize that you do control your own breath. Um, one of the last things I want to point out about all of this, when, whenever we're teaching functional core exercises, heard this at the b- beginning of my career. And, uh, you know, when you think about a lot of times we talk about the core and a lot of individuals are like, I need to strengthen my core up. And for some individuals, they think that that's their stomach muscles and they're kind of limited to that. But I want to challenge you to think of your core as kind of a long cylinder and almost like the core of an apple. I mean, it's it's long, it's, uh, you know, it's round, it's 3D, you know, kind of wraps all the way around. There's a top, there's a bottom, there's a front, and there's a back. And uh, so use the core of the apple or use the Coke can uh, analogy where the bottom of the core of the apple or the bottom of that Coke can is your diaphragm. Or I'm sorry, it, bottom of that of that Coke can is your pelvic floor muscles, excuse me. And uh, that essentially, when you're using those, that's helping to support the stability of that core. The top part of the core of that apple or the Coke can is your diaphragm. And uh, the front is your transverse abdominis. The back are these tiny little muscles called your multifidi, multifidus muscles, essentially that line the bony prominences that are specifically protecting the center of your spinal column called your spinous processes, and those help to specifically stabilize each segment. So if you think about L3, L4, L5, you know the more stability and firing you have of those multifidus muscles, the more it's going to stabilize that specific segment and help keep all of those structures sound and stable and not allow... Uh, you know, slippage of the disc out towards those those nerves that can impinge. But essentially, I, I mention all of that because we think of the diaphragm as just being a breathing exercise uh, and and being something that helps us to produce oxygen. And while that is true, it has inherently strong ties into core stability and to lower back issues. And people that have breathing dysfunctions tend to have increased lower back dysfunction, um, neck dysfunction. And the reason behind that is, and and you can check fact me on this, but I believe it was Punjabi uh, who did a research uh, study that was showing that when you take an inhale and you increase your abdominal pressure, it actually increases the lumbar stability in your spine because of that, that close direct contact of that diaphragm and how stiff it becomes when you're breathing in and how you're increasing that pressure to increase that neutral spine stiffness, which makes it incredibly more more stable. So as you're thinking about how to use your diaphragm, I don't want you just to think about the benefits of doing those exercises and, and just improving uh, you know, your breathing and your stress and, and, and all of that, but how it actually implicates and, and improves your actual lower back stability and your postural stability. And, you know, the last thing I want you to think about, so when you think about, you know, the diaphragm increasing your lower back stability, as you're breathing in, because of where the ribs are coming around, they're, they're coming and they're attaching to the middle part 
of your thoracic spine. So for some of you out there that are like you're using big words, you've got three transitions in your spine. You've got your cervical spine that is the, the top part of your neck. You've got your thoracic spine that kind of goes from we call your buffalo hump area all the way down to kind of the bottom of your shoulder blades, slightly lower than that. And then you've got your lumbar spine below that. So the thoracic spine is really the area that's designed to protect your lungs. You've got your ribs that are protecting your lungs. And those, uh, those, those ribs are coming around and they're attaching to specific what we call facets on the thoracic spine, which are creating increased stability to help protect your lungs. But what's also interesting is that when you take optimal breaths through your mouth and you're using your diaphragm and you get this rib expansion, like I was talking about, it actually helps to mobilize the center of your back where it's actually the narrowest part of your, your spinal cord runs through your uh, thoracic uh, area. So you think about having forward posture in an area that's already the most narrowed part of your spinal cord, it can create issues in regards to how the postural tone is being uh, responded to. So when you're taking normal breaths, you're actually mobilizing and improving the extension through your thoracic spine, which then can help better promote straight line neutral stability, allow you to get your neck in good alignment, your lower back in good alignment, and can create a lot of really good optimal opportunities for then strengthening all of those muscles that can help to assist in normal function and normal movement. So in recap, for today's episode, the big thing I want you to take away is how the diaphragm impacts you positively, where it sits. It sits, essentially, if you put your hand at the bottom of your rib cage, it sits basically right at the top of your, of uh, right below your sternum and right above your belly button. Um, it's, it's this kind of wide muscle that kind of just basically acts like a piston. Um, you know, so that's the big thing is that it's going to allow you to inhale and, and exhale, exhale, uh, a lot more efficiently. Uh, the second takeaway is, is the, the adverse or the opposite side of this with shallow breathing allows you to, to not use your full lungs, um, which can leave you, you know, increasing mucus, like we talked about having a decreased opportunity of expelling your lungs, which can increase your risk of pneumonia or other upper respiratory infections, lower respiratory infections as well. Um, and it can also, when you're using those shallow breathing, upper cervical type muscles, it can create this vicious cycle of chronic neck, chronic tension, chronic cervicogenic headaches, which can be extremely problematic for a lot of you out there. So we got to break that cycle. And then, you know, lastly is, you know, the, the, the part that normal dia diaphragmatic breathing has in a lot of your normal body functions, your normal postural functions. And, uh, there's, there's even a ton of research out there. I won't dive into it today about, um, you know, your, your digestive tract and how normal diaphragmatic breathing can action actually serve as like a piston. We call that piston science in regards to how, you know, using your diaphragm can actually help aid peristalsis, which is essentially the writhing and uh, squeezing of all of the, the junk that's going through your small and large intestines to help you uh, you know, have regular bowel movements. So, you know, diaphragm is extremely important 
to living a healthier life, extremely important to helping us to gain control of our anxiety and, and depression. Certainly, it's not going to help 100% of us uh, out there, you know, it, but it has shown to, sh- to help on mild cases to help increase that oxygen and, and decrease the tone uh, of anxiety and stress. So the, the takeaway from today is learn your breathing patterns. If you have any of these red flags that are coming up with postural dysfunction or anxiety or depression, or uh, maybe you're one or you know a loved one that gets respiratory infections a lot, you know, they may be shallow breathers. They may be, may have poor postural dysfunction. They need to, may need to be retrained on a lot of this stuff and doing some of those simple breathing techniques that I talked about can be really helpful and beneficial. So I'll put those in the show notes and uh, give you tips for, for being able to follow that. Let's go and activate that diaphragm this week and put that into action. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Sports Squire podcast. Check out the show notes for anything you missed during today's episode. Click subscribe if you haven't already to ensure you get updates on the latest Sports Squire episodes. And remember, as a Sports Squire, your greatest self is found at the intersection of knowledge and action. Don't be normal, be a Sports Squire.